Welcome. Welcome to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church on this first Sunday of Advent. It is good to be gathered with you all. This week is indeed the first Sunday of Advent, and this is a year in which our Advent scriptures speak of fertile, dark places. So this year in Advent, we will be embracing that darkness and the, the fertility and the fecundity of the darkness that we encounter in this season. We'll embrace that darkness, not as something evil to be dispelled, but as a seasonal reality and as a necessity in the growing season. It is a reality of our world and our lives to go through seasons of darkness. And we find that God comes to us in the shadows of the dark, offering comfort, offering presence, and yes, even offering growth. So many dark places are fertile. Soil is one of the most obvious. Soil, wombs, nighttime dreams and visions. And today our story from the book of Daniel takes us to perhaps the most difficult and challenging of the dark fertile places. And that is the tomb. In this case, the tomb of the lion's den. Let us listen then this morning and also in this season, let us listen for a word of God's presence powerfully with us in the darkness. A poem from Wendell Berry. To go into the dark with a light is to know the light. To know the dark, go dark, go without sight and find that the dark too blooms and sings and is traveled by dark feet and dark wings. We are gathered on some dark fertile soil, each one of us, wherever we are, and it is the land of first peoples. Here in Seattle, we are on the unceded lands of the Duwamish, a land, a people who were here long before state and country, a people who are still alive and active in this city and making their own demands for justice and for equity for their people. Sadly, though we've been announcing it the last few weeks, our Duwamish friends needed to cancel their annual gift fair and art market. So while they keep our community safe and avoid gathering this holiday season, they have asked friends and supporters to please continue uh, if you are able and so inclined to support Native artists by considering ordering from their online shop. They've got a small, a very small collection, lovely curated collection available online. I ordered a few gifts from there and they arrived within a couple of days. And I am not a huge gift giver or a buyer just sort of in general of things. I prefer to spend my money on experiences and gifts and uh, uh, gifts of, of time and experience. Anyway, but I've been doing more gift purchasing recently, I have to tell you, it could be for a whole variety of reasons. But one of them is that I so value supporting my neighbors in this time. It's a really great opportunity to support local businesses and neighbors and things like that, uh, independently owned shops. It's been doubly fun to introduce some people in my life to um, the Duwamish Longhouse or 10,000 Villages, which are two of my favorite local places to support. So that link is in the chat box if you're interested in looking. Our opening gathering hymn this morning is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, as we sing in our longing and waiting for the coming of God with us the incarnate one, we will be singing verses one, two, four, and six. Again, verses one, two, four, and six. Let's sing. Oh, come, oh, come, Lonely exile here, 
We are called into worship with our statement of faith and intention for this time of pandemic. Whatever the coming months may bring, we know that the Holy Spirit will still be weaving us together as a community. We want to claim this time of physical distance as not simply something to endure, but an experience that we can share together. May it be so. And now I invite you to join me in the call to worship. It will appear in your chat box and invite you also from wherever you are to join Pastor Amy in speaking the parts marked all. Come, all who dwell in darkness and find a place of comfort here. We come seeking that we might find. Come those who long to hear, and those who yearn for the quiet place. We come with open ears, restless spirits. Come in the unexpected hour with an unexpected people. We come with renewed awareness. Come, whether or not to give, whether or not to receive, but if only to pause to breathe. May our movement of breath be sacred, the sound of our silence holy. As we light our first Advent candle this week, and I invite you if you have brought some Advent candles near to you, or perhaps just a single candle today, that's perfect to light them at the same time with me. And as we light our first Advent candle this week, we acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision of a just peace for all creation. Advent is a season of watching and waiting for the coming of the incarnate one, Emmanuel, God with us, the one who came both proclaiming and inaugurating God's reign of justice and peace for all peoples. And so today, on this International Day of Solidarity with the Palestinian people, 
we join with communities all over the world in praying especially for Palestine. We have been called by the God who hears the cries of the oppressed, and we await in the season the birth of the one who made his home among the oppressed. And so may we be moved by the candles and carols of the season to act in partnership, in solidarity with those who suffer injustice. And our prayer for a just peace. Together, we long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace. We choose to live for a just peace. Peace be with you all and also with you. It's Advent and that means waiting. It means four Sundays of waiting. I almost, uh, when I talked about Advent with Ori this morning, I almost said four weeks, but it's more than four weeks. It's a little more than four weeks until we celebrate Christmas because Advent always begins on a Sunday and then is for four more Sundays or for three more Sundays after the first Sunday. So during this time of Advent, while each Sunday we'll see one more candle lit on our, on our Advent, uh, uh, Advent wreath, we'll be waiting. And even though we're lighting candles, one of the things we're thinking about throughout this time of Advent is what's beautiful and can happen in the dark. And it's very dark at this time of year in the winter around Christmas time. And so I thought I would bring books throughout this Advent that uh, they talk about something special that happens in the dark. But first, the first book, we're gonna come to something dark in this book. And maybe if you are a child, you might already know about Elephant and Piggy. These are favorites of mine. Uh, and you might know about Mo Willems, but this one you can see if you can read, it says waiting is not easy. And you can see, this is Gerald the elephant. You can see that He's having a rough time with waiting. And I know that that's how all of us feel sometimes when we're waiting for something that we just, that's so hard to wait for. So I'd like to, to share this book about waiting. There's Piggy and there's, and there's Gerald. Waiting is not easy. Gerald, says Piggy. And he's very excited to see her. I have a surprise for you. Yay, what is it? The surprise is a surprise. Oh. Sometimes we want to know the surprises right now, don't we? Is it big? Yes. Is it? Pretty? Yes. Can we share it? Yes. I cannot wait. You will have to. Wait? What? Why? The surprise is not here yet. Oh, I'm so curious what this surprise could be. So, so curious. So I will have to wait for it? Yes. Groan! Look at Piggy. She fell down from that big groan. Oh, well, if I have to wait, I will wait. I'm waiting. I wonder if he looks happy about waiting. Waiting 
is not easy. Piggy, I want to see the surprise now. I am sorry, Gerald, but we must wait. Seems like Piggy is having a little bit of an easier time waiting. I wonder if that's because she already knows what the surprise is. Groan! I am done waiting. I do not think your surprise is worth waiting for. I will not wait anymore. Okay, I will wait some more. It will be worth it. I'm noticing something is happening to the color of these pages. Groan! Piggy, we have waited too long. It is getting dark. It is getting darker. What I was noticing too. Soon we will not be able to see each other. Soon we will not be able to see anything. We have wasted the whole day. Well, um, we have waited and waited and waited and waited. And for what? Look at this, she's pointing. For that. Wow. Look at what they waited for in the dark. This was worth the wait. I know. Tomorrow, I want to show you the sunrise. I cannot wait. I love Elephant and Piggy because they helped me to understand something about what it means to be waiting and for something to be worth waiting for, but that it's okay to feel impatient also while you're waiting. I'm looking forward to telling more stories about waiting and about darkness during this Advent. Let's sing together. No wind at the window. No no window, no knock on the door, no light from the lampstand, no food on the floor, no dream born of tiredness, no ghost raised by fear, just an angel and a woman and a voice in her No payment, no 
A reading from the book of Daniel, chapter six. Self, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I had to unmute. Um, okay. So the presidents and the satraps considered and came to the king and said to him, Oh, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefix and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an interdict that whoever prays to anyone, human or divine, for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions. Uh, now, O king, establish the interdict and sign the document so that we cannot, so it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and interdict. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room, open towards Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. And the conspirators came and found Daniel praying and seeking mercy before his God. <laughs> then they approached the king and said concerning the interdict, O king, did you not sign an interdict that anyone who prays to anyone, king or human, or divine or human, within 30 days, uh, except <clears throat> you, O king, shall be thrown into a den of lions? The king answered, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. And the conspirators responded to the king, <laughs> uh, Daniel, one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the interdict you have signed, but he's saying his prayers three times a day. When the king heard the charge, he was very much distressed. He was determined to save Daniel. And until the sun went down, he made every effort to rescue him. Then the conspirators came to the king and said to him, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no interdict ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king gave the command and Daniel was brought and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, oh, may your God whom you faithfully serve deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting no food was brought to him and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, the king got up and hurried to the den of lions. And when he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out anxiously to Daniel, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you faithfully serve been able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel then said to the king, oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they would not hurt me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. The king gave a command. And those who had accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples and nations of every language throughout the whole world, may you have abundant prosperity. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people should tremble 
and fear before the God of Daniel. For God is the living God, enduring forever. God's kingdom shall never be destroyed, and God's dominion has no end. God delivers and rescues works, signs, and wonders in heaven and on earth. For God has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. I don't know that I have ever heard such a dramatic reading of the story of Daniel. Uh, but it sort of fits with the, uh, I was going to start by talking about how I have been, uh, I've been on a fantasy kick in my reading lately. I really enjoy fiction and I like all kinds of fiction lately. I've been reading fantasy and this sounds a little bit like a uh, like a old timey fantasy story. I mean, there's supernatural element. Anyway, I'll come back to that. Uh, I've been on a fantasy kick in my reading lately and on my reading list has been N.K. Jemison's The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. I had read some of her newer work previously and I recommend everything she's, she's written, including the Broken Earth trilogy and the newest one, The City We Became. Um, and from, but from the, 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 her fantasy work that I've been that I read most recently, The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. It's the beginning of the series. I still have the rest of the series on hold at the library. I learned a new word. I learned the word oubliette because it turns out as an avid reader, even at 43, I can learn new vocabulary. And it sounds pretty, doesn't it? The word oubliette. Maybe, maybe you already know what this word means. I should have been able to figure it out because it comes from French and I know enough French to know that oublier means to forget. And an oubliette is a place of forgetting. It's a place, it's a dungeon accessed by one trap door at the top. It's a place where people are thrown to be forgotten about. And in Jemison's story, it's a place where a mutilated and mutated um, would-be human sacrifice is um, placed in preparation um, for a horrific, uh, a horrific um, ceremony. And so this beautiful word has this horrific, terrible meaning. And I thought about this word and the story around it as I read this very familiar story of Daniel, Daniel in the, in the den of lions. It's one of those um, picture book Bible stories that so many of us who grew up with Bible stories would have known from childhood that's in every childhood Bible. It's often got cartoony pictures that goes with it. It has the, I mean, actually I can't say that I know all the verses, but Daniel and the lion's den, very jaunty, spiritual. Daniel and the lion's den, oh, Daniel and the lion's den. Yeah, I can see Pastor Megan bopping along. Uh, very sort of like feel good. It's got triumph. It's got the hero. It's got sort of a very easy to understand lesson about good and bad and who comes out on top. And it's, it's almost cute. I mean, and Ruth's very dastardly rendition of those um, satraps and uh, magistrates, like you could almost see the mustache twirling. Uh, it's it's almost cute. And I'm sure you're wondering, did I look up whether there are precious moments? Um, Daniel figurines, you absolutely can bet there are. And uh, there's even a collectible plate. Just you can go to eBay for that. But it, the reality is not cute. This is not actually a cute story. And I'm sure many of us didn't hear that last part that Pastor Megan read in which there is a dungeon that is filled with ravenous animals whose mouths are not closed, in which the scheming satraps and governors are thrown in and sacrificed. Daniel is the would-be human sacrifice, and there is bone-snapping, grisly, and bloody end. It's more like Gladiator than Precious Moments, and I say this not having seen Gladiator because too bloody, no thank you. There is darkness all around, and this is how we are beginning Advent this year. Well, what a way to start with the, the tomb closed inside. 
as Megan and I were pondering the text from Advent, and she talked about this at the beginning, we began to see threads in all of our Advent passages of where darkness was weaving its way through. Here, we, hear, we see the dark of the prison, the dark of the prison cell and the den of lions. But that evoked for us the tomb, the tomb where Jesus' body is placed after his death, before he's appeared to the women, the time when the community is despairing. How could they know that there's death, that there's life on the other side? How could the king in the story of Daniel know that his trusted and favored, favored governor Daniel would emerge alive when the stone was rolled aside? He couldn't know. He trusts, he hopes, but he doesn't know. And he lies awake in his fear and anxiety. But where are we now other than the den of lions? As I thought about this story, I just thought like some of us are literally entombed in our homes. We've closed ourselves up in our homes. We're not traveling to be with the ones we love. We're shutting down the dinners that we had planned. We're closing ourselves off in rooms. The dark is closing in and we sit with the fear and with the questions, will the lions of COVID ravish us? Will they hurt our loved ones, this country? Will this holiday time overwhelm us with anxiety? Never mind the questions about political trans transition and climate crisis and global violence and war. And Megan talked about this being the time of, uh, of solidarity, we naming our solidarity with Palestinian people, the, the place of Jesus' homeland, a tomb itself, we are Daniel, and may the living God preserve us. Advent, like so much of faith, is a paradox. It's the paradox of waiting for something, waiting for someone who is already here, who we know to be here. It's the paradoxical knowing the end of the story, knowing and yet being immersed in the story at the same time. The pregnant mother, the birth in the manger, the dark of the tomb and the stone rolled away, the hungry lions and the broken seal. We live in this moment, especially at the beginning of Advent because waiting is not easy. We live with both lament and hope at the same time. I sincerely hope that during these dark days, we can begin to see the hope that waits with us in the dark. The other thread that we began to see weaving its way through these Advent texts, um, and which you will begin to see as you receive cards created by the artists in our community where the text is literally woven across the cards. I put the first one up on my, on my fridge um, so that I can put them all together. We began to see the the theme of beauty and joy weaving its way through the darkness. Several years ago, writer and theologian Barbara Brown Taylor wrote a book called Learning to Walk in the Dark. I haven't read it yet, but I have heard her talking about it and I've heard some interviews of her and read some of her writing on this theme. And she reflects on the way darkness has been maligned. It's always and only associated with everything that's evil and terrible. And she writes this, when despite all my best efforts, the lights have gone off in my life, plunging me into the kind of darkness that turns my knees to water, nonetheless, I have not died. The monsters have not dragged me out of bed and taken me back to their lair. The witches have not turned me into a bat. Instead, I have learned things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light things that have saved my life over and over again, so that there really is only one logical con conclusion. I need darkness. In Jemison's book, The 10,000 Kingdoms, much like in our own theology, the people in that book literally worship the light. They worship the God, small g God of light. 
and light corrupts and distorts and ultimately it's exposed as evil and villainous or at least in need of the balance that the small g god of darkness offers that the god of night and the leadership of uh the story's protagonist who comes from the dark tribes uh as written by jemison so jemison's whole book is redeeming the darkness and she does this often in her writing and barbara brown taylor might have called that worship of light full solar spirituality the coin the term she coined that talks about christian theology and practices that deal with dark by denying its existence or depriving it of attention in our theology this language she says creates all sorts of problems it divides everything into two pitting the light against the dark part it tucks all the sinister stuff into the dark part identifying God with the sunny part and leaving you to deal with the rest on your own time. It implies things about dark-skinned people and sight-impaired people that are not true. Worst of all, it offers people of faith a giant closet in which they can store everything that threatens or frightens them without thinking too much about those things. It rewards them for their unconsciousness, offering spiritual justification for turning away from those things. For, and she quotes 1 John, God is light and in God there is no darkness at all. That's the end of her quote. But there is so much darkness in God. There is, there is God in darkness the dark of warm gardens awaiting the growth of seeds, the dark passion of love, the dark of the heavens awash in stars as we saw in the night sky with elephant and piggy, the dark whisper of an owl's wings or the chirping of bats in summer, the dark of a lullaby at the bedside. Dark is waiting, hoping, dreaming. It's what's nexting. Throughout the coming weeks, we'll begin to see that beauty in darkness and to discover the fertility and fecundity. Not a word I use often, but I really like the way Megan say that said that. We're beginning, we're going to begin to discover the fecundity of the dark, the poetry and the song that emerged from dark places, from covered places. Dark holds multitudes. Sometimes it is an apt way to imagine the unseeing or the unknowing or the anxiety or the fear. And surely, absolutely, absolutely, Daniel was fearful in that lion's den. And surely we, too, are under the sealed stone with Daniel, and we feel the fear of the dark. But the lions, we read, are not Daniel's only companions. The story tells us that just as at the door of the tomb of Jesus, angels sat with Daniel as he waited out the night. I imagine maybe Daniel sang in the dark. I imagine maybe the angel sang with him. I pray that from our darkness, we may see not light, but beauty. That we may experience the presence and the embrace of the divine in the darkness. That we may be nurtured, that we may grow, and that from the dark will come song. <clears throat> Joyful is the dark, Coolness of the tomb, waiting for the wonder of the morning. Never was that midnight touched by dread and gloom. Darkness was the cradle of the Notice. Mm.
uh, for gratitude for the reminder of breath, uh, relief to the anxiety of waiting. The breath bringing calm to our minds and reassurance in the darkness. Not knowing what your Thanksgiving turned out to be, I'd like to invite you to uh, join in a chat storm of gratitude today as part of our prayers. Knowing it's Advent, but knowing that's hugging so closely to our Advent season, want to just invite you to consider all the gratitudes, even the gratitude of darkness that, that Amy shared with us. So I'll be reading those after we have a few prayers to begin. Mother Hen God, we are so grateful for the shelter of your wings. In this Advent season, we pray for your justice and your peace. In this time of longing, shelter us from the harsh rays of sun and screen. Keep us under the shadow of your wing and give us an assurance of your love when it is most hard to feel your presence. Hear now the prayers of your people gathered in your name. We give thanks for Dinah Gonzalez Pina, the new executive director of West Coast Mennonite Central Committee and pray that she will be supported and sustained in her work. May your Holy Spirit encourage every generation that languishes under violence wrought by human hands. We pray for an end to occupation in all lands and especially for the people of Palestine. Bring an end to the terror invasion and incarceration that continues to haunt the Palestinian people. We are grateful for the seeds of resistance and solidarity nurtured in our hearts. Fill us with a love of land and neighbor. As we expected this surge in the spread of COVID, especially in the wake of holiday travel and gatherings, we give enormous thanks for our healthcare workers and for all whose labor supports hospitals, clinics, and testing sites. Guard each one in body, mind, and spirit, and give us the courage to choose behaviors that will protect their health and well being as they tend to the health and well being of us all. We are grateful today that the city of Shoreline has found ways to expedite its process to open the Oaks Shelter. Hurdles that we feared would delay the opening of the 24-7 shelter have now been overcome. Thanks be to God. And we expect to open the shelter in the early new year. Hallelujah. We're grateful on Monday that the SMC church space can transition into a sanctuary for our winter shelter. Thanks be to God. Turn to our chat storm. And I noticed there was a prayer right at the top from Janet that I will look to find. Janet offers and asks for prayers for college students coming home for the holidays, especially Tabor college students. Recent news is that the TC President Jules Glanzer is in ICU with COVID. Pray for his health and recovery. Mm, thanks be 
to the stars in Pastor Amy's stories. Thanks be for the beautiful view of Helen Hope today. We look forward to the day that we can be together in person. Maybe you have to know the darkness before you can appreciate the light. Thanks be to Madeline Engel, whose birthday is today. We're grateful for her books. Thank you, Mary Moore, for that reminder. From Robin and Mike, being able to see family and friends on Zoom. We are grateful for Zoom. From Melissa Kelly, grateful for the safe arrival of Lewis Mark, a new human in her extended community. The Knopfsiggers are grateful to have Sam home again. Also grateful to be able to see Sage in the background today. Glad that she can be home. From Christy, Samuel, and Jedediah, grateful for the short walks in the woods. Ah, I also give thanks for our walks in the white salmon area this weekend at the Columbia Gorge. With Weldon, grateful for the Zoom calls with sibling and siblings and family. Having Sage home for the next six weeks. For Isaac, from Isaac, I am grateful for the break from work on Thanksgiving, a time to slow down and rest. From Thelma, gratitude for friends in our church community and without. From Beth, grateful for Ken and celebrating his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Ken. Hmm. From Pastor Megan, grateful for candles, companions in the dark. From the Roe Millers, for a healthy growing granddaughter and her two amazing parents. From Pete and Pat, grateful for our children and larger family. In a strange way, we had one of the best Thanksgivings as we connected through Zoom, email, text, person, phone and in-person. From Lee Murray, grateful for video technology that connected her family together, including her dad. From a two-hour Thanksgiving visit, complete with whoopie pies and paper hats. Thanks be to God for fun. From Joanne, grateful for the continuing recovery of her mother and sister from COVID. Thanks be to God. From Boaz and Rebecca, grateful for the moon last night. From Elizabeth, thank you for her son, Philip, and daughter-in-law, that they canceled their Thanksgiving plans so she might feel safe to attend with just them and the grandkids. Wise decisions from Lauren Good, and Jen. Jen is grateful for the vastly unappreciated hymn, Joyful is the Dark. Hope we can sing it more often. Thanks be to God for all of these gratitudes. As we ask God, wait with us in the dark, in the mystery a much needed darkness, weave in beauty, joy, and hope. We pray and wait in gratitude and hope for your coming amongst us, for that peace and justice that we dare to call upon in the name of Christ Jesus, the human one, love incarnate. And all God's people together said, Amen. Amen. Indeed. 
We are grateful for so many things, including the gifts that each of you offer our congregation, monetary and otherwise, and we're grateful for the means to collect them digitally, especially at this time. I invite you to join me in a short prayer of dedication for all the many ways that we offer ourselves and our gifts to this community in the world. Holy One, this Advent season, we wait in hope and we give in hope. Hope for your coming reign, hope because of your presence with us even now. Receive our generous offerings and use them for your work of healing and hope in our world. Amen. We are sent with song. Comfort, comfort ye my people. Comfort, comfort, O oh my people, speak of peace, your sins are God. Comfort those who sit in darkness, mourn beneath their sorrows, Lord. Speak unto Jerusalem of the peace that waits for them. Tell of all the sins I cover, and that warfare now is over. Hark the voice of one who's crying in the desert far and near, bidding all to full repentance since the kingdom now is here. Oh, that warning cry obey, now prepare for God away. Let the valleys rise to meet him, and the hills bow down to greet him. Oh, make straight what long was crooked, make the rougher places plain. Let your hearts be true and humble, as befits his holy reign. For the glory of the Lord, now all earth is shed abroad, and all flesh shall see the token, that his word is never broken. Friends, the God of soil and of wombs, the God of sun and full moons and new moons and the starry night sky, that God goes with you in the light and in the dark. And so in your hopes and in your fears, may you know the shelter of God's wings. Amen. Go in peace.